Well, we are approaching the third anniversary of January 6th, 2021. It was such an incredible day, and it actually changed our lives in so many ways, still affecting it. Uh, I've been talking about it for three years steadily, and I am not finished. And so what I thought would be interesting today is to take us back in time that three years. I was on the air on radio every single morning delivering the news, uh, and when January 6th happened, I was talking about it on the day because we had a big lead-up to that. You have to understand the country had just gone through uh, this this trauma of the riots in the streets, the election, uh, the attacks at the inauguration on Trump supporters, the Women's March. It was a, a BLM riots and Antifa riots right by the uh, by, right by the White House, the burning of the St. John's Church right across from the White House, and, and et cetera. And then all of this election malfeasance was just, we were right in the thick of it. And so we were just wondering what in the world was going to happen when Congress convened on January the 6th, and we were hoping that there would be a, a stall, a pause, while at least six states sorted out uh, the various obvious breaking of laws uh, secretaries of state doing things they shouldn't have done, Supreme Court's doing outrageous things in a, at least one state. Uh, so the challenges were legitimate and they were real. And so this is what happened on January the 6th, where I think now a million and a half people went to uh, the Capitol to support President Trump and also to encourage Congress to do what was right, and that is to hold off the certification until things could be sorted out in the various states. So that's where we were. And uh, we were already gut-punched because we had this feeling that something was wrong on election night. Remember? Those of us that watched Fox were probably the worst uh, the worst offended because we saw them playing games sh- and then ter- shutting down the counting uh, so that there was no report till the next morning. And I have to tell you that even back in the 30s, they counted the votes of the presidential election and announced in the middle of the night, who the winner was. They didn't wait till the next morning. In the history of this country, they've never stopped the voting. And that's what happened. So we were traumatized. So I want you to hear it in real time. On January the 7th, the discussion, I, I have my comments. Some things are off. I'm going to try to correct that at the end of the show. Some of the things that I was wrong about, Claire Lopez will join me. But oh my goodness, were we right about a whole bunch of things. Well, this is Sandy Rios So Sandy Rios 24-7. Uh, you know, you, you can call us at 662-821-2040. You can re- email me at sandy at net. You can listen on all the podcast platforms. And before uh, we start this show, because I think you're going to find it pretty compelling, realizing that it's the day after, I want to tell you about Dominique, who really struggled with her faith when she found out she was pregnant. She didn't know how she could carry her baby to term, but she called on God for help. And ask for a sign. And that's when she ran into who she calls her guardian angel on the steps of the abortion clinic. This man, maybe one of you, told her that there's a better way. And he walked her across the street to a pre-born network clinic. When she saw her beautiful baby on ultrasound and realized that he was an actual person living inside of her, the answer came loud and clear. She chose life for her precious son, Javon. Well, that's what preborn does. By providing ultrasounds to these moms, they save the lives of unborn babies and really the lives of the moms too. If you would like to help contribute, as you many of you have been doing this last 
well, one year of existence of 24, Sandy Rios 24-7. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Okay, sit back and just remember that this was recorded three years ago, one day after January the 6th of 2021 on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for President of the United States is 538. Within that whole number, a majority is 270. The votes for President of the United States are as follows. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. of the state of Delaware has received 306 votes. Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida has received 232 votes. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for Vice President of the United States is 538. Within that whole number, a majority is 270. The votes for Vice President of the United States are as follows. Kamala D. Harris of the state of California has received 306 votes. Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana has received 232 votes. The announcement of the state of the vote by the President of the Senate shall be deemed a sufficient declaration of the persons elected president and vice president of the United States, each for the term beginning on the 20th day of January, 2021, and shall be entered together with the list of the votes on the journals of the Senate and the House of Representatives. Sandy Rios with you on this uh, really important day after the day. Um, That was Mike Pence uh, declaring that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the official new president and vice president of the United States. He had signaled earlier that he would not. Uh, President Trump, in a rally, there was something like a million and a half people there yesterday, Trump supporters, uh, people who love the country uh, and really feel the urgency and wanted to be there. It was freezing, freezing cold. And we're going to talk to Claire Lopez in a few minutes because she was there. Uh, the president's speech was inspiring. He went through all the uh, you know, the the voter uh, issues, of course, he felt he had to, I'm sure, because how else are the people going to hear about it? Uh, so uh, that's what happened. And then they disbanded and went to the Capitol, and we're going to talk about what happened next in a minute. So in that speech, President Trump uh, challenged Mike Pence to do what he said was the right thing and to uh, not receive the electors as chosen, but to send it back to the states, because six different states had sent letters to the vice president asking him not to certify and to let them now, now that they know more about the fraud that took place in their states, uh, they wanted to reconsider. In fact, Wisconsin is supposed to meet today and um, withdraw their electors. I'm not sure what that means exactly, uh, but that had been signaled before yesterday. So there were a lot of things in place, but Mike Pence decided uh, he could not do that. He wrote a letter to 
As congressman, he said, it's my considered judgment that my oath to support and defend the Constitution constrains me from claiming unilateral authority to determine which electoral vote should be counted and which should not. I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution, which ended with the words, so help me God. Now, um, could I just say that nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the vice president who's uh, presiding over that joint session, there is no clarification of this. Uh, No one can be sure if he could or if he could not do that. Uh, So I would just say if Mike Pence had been a man of courage, he could have done that. And uh, they, you know, then of course they would have to adjudicate it. The left would have, you know, screamed and howled, and we don't know what they would have done. They might have drawn and courted him right there in the room. Maybe that's what they would have done. Uh, but uh, he did not uh, do anything, and so they were certified. So um, let me tell you what happened in the certification. I don't know if you saw any of the uh, presentations. It was really impressive, I have to say, uh, as they started out uh, with Ted Cruz's speech and also with. Um, Paul Gosar, and I, I, at this moment, I can't think of, but it really was. They were very measured, and they rose to object, uh, and they did it in order, uh, and it was, uh, it was really very effective, I thought. And then they uh, dismissed and went to the, both chambers. Uh, but then again, then what happened next was after the big rally on the, uh, on the mall, uh, or the ellipse, uh, a, a thousand or so, uh, Trump supporters, they all marched down toward the Capitol, but some of them went to the Capitol, and that's when the trouble began. And this is what it sounded like. Clip nine. Let's go. So uh, they were very upset. They broke through barriers. Uh, they fought with police. They entered the Capitol. Uh, they um, they did all kinds of things. You've probably been seeing the videos, and if you've been watching the news, you heard it, the description in um, that Trump supporters are violent insurrectionists, uh, that they caused all of this trouble. Uh, this is shameful, uh, a disgrace. Uh, they should be punished. People that supported them should be out of Congress, should be... uh, I'm going to give you some examples a little bit later. Some are calling these... uh, What's the word? I don't want to think of a word. Um, uh, Sins, you know, that they have to atone for their sins. All the congressmen that supported them, it just spun out of control in terms of the interpretation. And so um, let me just say, I'm going to do a longer segment on this, but I want to tell you something, because based on what I'm reading and seeing, there were a lot of Trump supporters there. There's no question about that. But in their midst were members of Antifa. I don't know about Black Lives Matter, but I know that Antifa was, I had this sheet, uh, this tweet of them asking their members to come dress like Trump supporters and wreak havoc. There were a lot of instructions. Uh, they were supposed to wear their caps backwards so they could be recognized. So, um, but now that tweet is unavailable. You can't find it anymore. Uh, but I do have that. So um, the Antifa, I'm not saying everyone there was Antifa, but what happens, and this happened in the 60s when I was young and watching this, the radicals infiltrated the student protesters, the hippies with their you know wreaths around their heads, the make love, not war man, a crowd and incited violence. 
And uh, in the bits of snippets that I saw yesterday, I'm not saying every Trump supporter is innocent, but I'm telling you there was incitement. And I've got pictures. I've got a couple of pictures. In fact, one of these is uh, from a person that was identified there. And uh, he says um, in his own tweet, dressing up like a creature that looks awfully similar to Molech. That's an ancient god, which ain't good. Uh, The same guy has another tweet with his picture. It says phillyantifa.org. And you can see a side-by-side screenshot of him at the Capitol yesterday. Another one of them is a guy dressed uh, in a furry uh, cap like an animal with horns, like you see in satanic rituals. Rituals. He was bare-chested. Uh, and now he's been identified as Jake Angeli, a shamanic practitioner uh, from Arizona. And I could say more about that now. Uh, also, I've been told that a lot of the people uh, that were they were dressed in black with Trump hats who were using fire extinguishers to um, uh, fill the Capitol with that kind of substance and also attack the police. So that was going on. But you're not going to hear that in the news, are you? Are you? Because it's your fault. It's my fault. We are violent. We're crazies. And I don't even need to fill in the blanks because I'll play you some clips from people who are claiming that. So after the Congress, uh, they had to shelter in place and some were taken out. Pence was taken out after they had separated to do their different deliberations, and after those great opening speeches had been made, uh, they came back, they reconvened, and um, President Pence condemned the violence. They all condemned the violence, and in response to the violence, they changed their minds. A lot of them just plain changed their minds. I want to read uh, who did. Let's see. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz did not change. We had to find the right list here. Sorry, because I want to read the right uh, group of people to you because I want you to have the, the right information. We had, I think, six senators who stood fast in objecting because actually the protesters, the violence in the Capitol has nothing to do with what happened on Election Day. Uh, but somehow that was conflated and they don't want to be confused and associated with these terribly violent people. And so uh, many of them backed out. Kelly Loeffler was one of them. The one She's the one that just got defeated yesterday in Georgia, along with David Perdue. Now the Senate has, uh, the Rep- Democrats have picked up the two seats in the Senate. Now they have full control of both houses. Where in the world is that list? I don't know where it is. Um, but I'm going to find it, and I will read it to you later, because it's important that you know how people behaved. A lot of them, um, uh, um, let's see, from, from Oklahoma. You guys, uh, your your senator from Oklahoma changed James Langford because it was their way of showing how um, above uh, this trouble they are. They want to, don't want to be associated with those icky people, and so the fact that there was election fraud is just forgotten. It's just completely forgotten, and somehow doesn't matter anymore. And so Mitch McConnell uh, got up to make an opening speech last night when they reconvened, and he's of course was uh, before yesterday's election in Georgia and still is until uh, everything changes, uh, Mitch McConnell got up to, you know, let you know how he feels about this. This is clip three. Honoring the will of the American people and counting the Electoral College votes. We fulfill this solemn duty every four years for more than two centuries. Whether our nation's been at war or at peace, under all manner of threats, even during an ongoing, ongoing armed rebellion and the Civil War, the clockwork of our democracy has carried on. The United States 
and the United States Congress have faced down much greater threats than the unhinged crowd we saw today. We've never been deterred before and will be not deterred today. They tried to disrupt our democracy. They failed. They failed. They failed to attempt to obstruct the Congress. This failed insurrection only underscores how crucial the task before us is for our republic. Our nation was founded precisely so that the free choice of the American people is what shapes our self-government and determines the destiny of our nation. Not fear, not force, but the peaceful expression of the popular will. Now we assemble this afternoon to count our citizens' votes and to formalize their choice. You of know the what? Next that's president. enough. That's enough. I, I'm not going to listen anymore. I have to say, okay. So uh, what are we? Uh, this is an unhinged crowd. All of us that maybe million and a half of you that went to D.C. You were an unhinged crowd uh, trying to disrupt democracy, not expressing your your opinions freely or your free speech rights or objecting, but you were trying to disrupt democracy. And uh, it was a failed insurrection. Now, um, I guess some could call it an insurrection, and we will get to the bottom of who was doing what, that's for sure. Uh, so Mitch goes on to say this is a, f- a free ch- f- the free choice of the American people should be honored. Um, th- that's how we determine our destiny, the popular will. The popular will. I have to say, this to me, when I heard him say this last night, it reminded me very much of a famous French queen, Marie Antoinette, who, when she knew that the French people were very upset, and they were rioting in the streets, and they were hungry, and they were disturbed by what Louis and her husband Louis and what she were doing, how they were spending the money, uh, and ruling over them so harshly. And Marie's response to... The hunger of the people in the streets and their needs was, let them eat cake. Oh, that's what I heard when I heard Mitch McConnell. I don't know why he didn't say, this is very disturbing. This cannot be allowed, and we will get to the bottom of what's going on here. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean we don't need to get to the bottom of what happened in the election. Uh, because people, so many have come to the cat. We hear you. We know you're very upset. So we're going we're gonna to move to form this panel. Uh, to research what happened, to discover, to actually look at the evidence. But no, 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 no. You tried to disrupt our democracy. I think maybe he meant you tried to, you know, mess with me, and that's not the way we do things here on Capitol Hill. We'll be back right after this. Sandy Rios in the morning. Well, for a good portion of 2023, Christian Healthcare Ministries has been a good sponsor of Sandy Rios 24-7. You know, they are a wonderful way to provide health care for your family outside of the insurance system. And that's a good thing because insurance companies often will make demands on you, won't pay for tests that you need, uh, will insist that you do certain things and check certain boxes. It really takes away your medical freedom. Christian Healthcare Ministries gives you that freedom. Uh, what you do is you play, pay a monthly fee for the level that you want of coverage. Uh, And you then, when you have your medical issue, you actually pay the bill or you take the bill in your name. You hand that bill to Christian Healthcare Ministries. 
they pay it along with the pool of the resources of Christians around the country. They pay that bill for you. That's how it works. Uh, and uh, you can enroll at any time. You can check them out anytime. And it's the, t- the beginning of the year. You might want to make some changes. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. Okay, that was President Trump in a message to the people at the Capitol and to his supporters in D.C. yesterday, but you probably would not be surprised to hear that Facebook took it down, disabled his account, and then Twitter followed an hour after that, not allowing it. Facebook said, uh, this is an emergency situation, and we are taking appropriate emergency measures, including removing President Trump's video, the one you just heard. We removed it because, on balance, we believe it contributes to rather than diminishes the risk of ongoing violence. Okay, so um, uh, this is this is what's going to happen now. I, you just we need to be prepared. Claire, you were at the rally yesterday, and so uh, first of all, didn't you say there was about a million and a half people? Yeah. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, uh, I was there, um, and uh, yes, it, it seemed uh, from uh, what we could see. And uh, counts that we heard uh, later on that there were probably at least a million to a million and a half people, um, and, and that was gathered on the the grounds of the Washington Memorial where we were standing, uh, overlooking um, Constitution Avenue and, and straight ahead to the White House. Um, and uh, there we saw uh, President Trump and and all of the others, Rudy Giuliani, Lynn Wood. Uh, the, the Trump sons, Eric and um, uh, Don Jr., speaking uh, on a jumbotron uh, video screen. Uh, but yeah, uh, there there were hu- at least hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people there. I saw the pictures, and I it, it was just amazing. It's the biggest crowd I've seen there in a long time. Claire, uh, did you see any signs of violence or rudeness in that rally? Not at the rally itself. No. Uh, when the rally finished, with that final message from President Trump that you just played, go home, go home in peace. Um, Many of the people from the rally uh, began to walk up uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, 14th Street, to the Capitol building. And there, um, again, hundreds of thousands, not a million, but but certainly tens or hundred thousand people um, gathered outside the Capitol building, and there is where the violence began. Um, we know for sure that Antifa um, types infiltrated uh, the ranks of those who assaulted um, the Capitol building and, uh, and forced entry into it. Um, 
But the vast majority of those there, even there at the Capitol, were peaceful. They were uh, angry. Uh, they were vocal. Um, but they were not violent. And indeed, there are videos showing um, Trump supporter uh, people there uh, pulling what must have been Antifa away from doing violence like breaking or trying to break windows. Um, so there was violence. Uh, there was Antifa infiltration, absolutely for sure. Um, but the vast majority of those at the Capitol, and even of those who went inside the Capitol building, um, they were not violent. Yeah. Uh, they were not violent at all. Claire, I, I talked, of course, a little bit about this before you joined me, and uh, the, the Antifa, we have it on you know, uh, Twitter, although they've d deleted it now, of them t telling their people to go and wear their hats, caps backwards so they would be identifiable to each other but uh, not be Trump supporters. I saw one, I don't know if you saw this frame, but in that scene where they're breaking through a window, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, is a guy in a dark overcoat with really long hair, and he has uh, uh, like, a, uh, like a, a glass, a piece of glass or device, and he's the one that goes up and breaks that window. And what that reminded me of is all that video we've seen of Antifa breaking windows, you know, in Seattle and Portland. You've seen them do that same thing with, like, they're prepared. They have a, they don't use their fists. They don't use clubs. It's very sophisticated. And that's what I thought. I, mean, he, I just think, who is that person? Who is that person? Yeah, there uh, so, were people like that. Uh, definitely those were the infiltrators. Um, there probably were dozens of them. Um, and, and they were the ones who initiated and led the violence against the Capitol building. Um, that is certainly true. They came prepared. Um, and and we, could, we saw them. We, we, we saw them. Yeah. Um, but, but, now, Claire, but again, let, let uh, me ask you this, because you've had so much experience. I didn't say, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you, give you a terrible introduction. You're more than my friend. You're expert in national security. You in Center for Security Policy for so many years as vice president. Uh, you worked with the agency. So you have a lot of understanding of uh, subversive groups and Antifa. We've had long discussions about that before on the air. So uh, let me ask you, though, you saw, as I've seen now, if you watch the media, uh, it, it's, uh, it's stomach-churning because suddenly now uh, Trump supporters are insurrectionists. Uh, they are idiots. They have to be stopped. Uh, members of Congress who support these people that uh, infiltrated the Capitol should be removed. I mean, there's no limit to what I heard last night. And so tell us what's happening. I know, but I want you to tell people what's happening with this. Well, I think we, we've seen uh, the culmination of a long-planned and uh, executed coup d'etat uh, against the Republic. Uh, for now, the Republic has fallen, um, and we do not know how we'll get it back. Um, those in command, or shortly to be in command of our country, um, belong to a Chinese Communist Party-controlled uh, crime family. Um, those who support them and work with them, who have gained control of Congress through fraudulent means, through cheating, through flat-out, uh, absolute, you know, hijacking of, of our electoral process, um, are uh, not patriots. Um, they are there in order to uh, execute an agenda that would turn this country into a communist Marxist tyranny, beholden to Beijing. Uh, this, is, this is their plan. This is their agenda. They've made no secret of it. 
and uh, this is this is what we are facing. Yeah. So, but yes, and in addition to that, Claire, I think of uh, okay. Well, let me start with this. Going back to Nero in Rome. Uh, you may or may not, you probably know this, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you that the Rome, you know, Nero burned Rome, but he blamed the Christians. He burned it himself, but he blamed the Christians because he wanted people to hate the Christians. So, and then of course, moving fast forwarding to the Reichstag, which was the building, like our congressional building, the Reichstag was beautiful. It's where their, uh, their, uh, what, Bundesstaat, whatever it was called, met. And, uh, Hitler actually burned it down, but he blamed, uh, who did he blame? Did he blame the communists? Who did he blame? Do you remember? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so what? Because he wanted to stir up hatred for them, and so this is like this is like not new news. I think this is exactly what happened last night. I I sense that this whole thing was planned, Claire, because uh, really within not very long, Joe Biden was standing up, all dressed up, and with a speech prepared about uh, how awful this is and how President Trump needs to do whatever he needs to do. Of course, he's it's probably his fault that some are actually saying that. Uh, but it was like orchestrated. It really felt very orchestrated to me. Did you feel that way? Well, I mean, certainly some of the day's events were orchestrated. On the outside, um, the 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 Trump supporting uh, groups that that marched, you know, down Constitution up to the Capitol, um, planned that march and that route, and they planned the demonstration outside of the Capitol. I think the violence of breaching the Capitol, breaking windows, um, you know, tearing down the, the barriers and, and, and going through doors, that probably uh, was Antifa. That, that, was, that was the Antifa uh, infiltration. But, but the, the larger event of demonstrating outside of the Capitol uh, with flags and chants and support for President Trump, that, that was Trump supporters and that was planned to be that way. Uh, it was the violence and the breaching of the Capitol that was not planned or executed by Trump supporters. By Trump but supporters. Do- <laughs> not, not by Trump supporters. But once the doors were open, and we talked to, to multiple people about this and saw their uh, cell phone camera video as well, once the doors were open, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and uh, the, 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 the uh, entry into the Capitol was opened by others, they walked in peacefully. Um, they were very careful. I, I'll tell you what. I saw video of them placing Trump flags, for example, in the hands of some of the statuary inside of the rotunda. Yes, I saw that, they too. They did that. I Claire, also saw Claire hold on, hold on just People, one second. Adam, can you hold the break by five minutes, please? Because so, I, I had Claire come on. Okay, thank you. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Claire. Okay, real quick then. Uh, I also saw their cell phone camera vi- video of uh, the Trump supporting people inside the Capitol building, picking up debris, sweeping up broken glass and putting it in trash bags to carry out. They were cleaning up the floor and the mess that Antifa types made. Now, what also happened, of course, was what looked like the completely uh, unjustified murder of that young woman uh, by someone inside of the Capitol building wearing a suit and a white shirt uh, who raised a gun, shot through a glass window of a door at Trump supporters on the outside who were not violent, but they wanted entry, they were at the doorway, shot indiscriminately through that window and killed that young woman. Uh, that was 
that was caught on, on video and on film, yes. too. I actually haven't even spoken about that yet, Claire, because I was telling oh, so many other stories. And I'm going to, I actually, once you leave me, I'm going to play the, the, the audio clip of when that happened. So, but in this regard, when I said planned, what I'm speaking about is you, John, I personally see the fingerprints of the left all over what happened yesterday. Not the Trump rally, but the, they have a way of using whatever happens to their advantage because they scheme. And that's exactly what I think happened. I think they, they knew Antifa's joined at the hip with uh, the Democrats uh, in that chamber. I think they knew exactly what was going to happen, and it worked like a charm because when they came back to vote, we had only six senators holding fast. It was uh, Josh Hawley, Cindy Hyde-Smith, John Kennedy, Roger Marshall, Tommy Tuberville, uh, but people changing, Ron Johnson changed his mind, Kelly Leffler, James Lankford, Steve Daines, Mike Braun, Marsha Blackburn, Cynthia Loomis, and Bill Haggerty. They all, because of what happened in the Capitol, decided not to contest uh, the election results. That's just bizarre to me, Claire. Well, it's a complete non-sequitur as well. I mean, we will remember those names of those who betrayed our republic yesterday. We will remember, and we will remember Vice President Pence and the role that he played in the betrayal of our republic. But th- that, that sequence of events is a non-sequitur in that there was fraud. There was massive cheating and fraud in this election. And refusing to acknowledge that and stand against that in the proceedings uh, of yesterday at, at the Capitol has nothing to do with the fact that Antifa and violence... Uh, you know, assaulted the Capitol building. Those are two separate things. Yeah, of course, they, they didn't have any way of knowing Antifa was part of this at that point. But still, uh, they surely must have known it wasn't the, I thought it was probably a million people out there, Claire, because looking at those pictures, it was amazing. But I don't know. I'm not a, you know, I didn't count heads. I couldn't. Uh, but there were tons of people there. And so to, to sort of broad stroke those, like, like Mitch McConnell did when he came back in to reconvene, he said they were unhinged. Uh, trying to disrupt our democracy. It's a failed insurrection. Uh, And he said the free choice of the American people uh, is what determines our future, the free will of our uh, population. I thought it's just bizarre, Claire. No, no. The insurrection has been the Communist Chinese Party's support and backing and perhaps funding of our street uh, Marxist uprising that's been going on in this country throughout this entire year. And that fact is not negated or affected in the slightest by Trump supporters and Antifa uh, assaulting the Capitol building yesterday. That, th- those are, th- they're not the same thing. You can still, uh, you, they should have stood. And those who did are, are hats off and, and, and are, uh, yes. you know, we, 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 we salute you for standing against. Uh, the orchestrated coup d'etat against our republic. But that has nothing, that, that still happened. That's still a fact. And, and whether or not there were Antifa or others uh, at the Capitol building yesterday, the fraud and the cheating and uh, the massive hijacking of our election uh, still happened. You know, Claire, one story I read this morning that I'm anxious to hear more about, uh, there was a near fight in the House uh, Dr. Andy Harris, uh, who's part of the Tea Party Caucus, uh, Freedom Caucus, and I've interviewed him. It's been a long time. He's a great guy. Uh, almost got in a fist fight with uh, Congressman Colin Alfred from Texas. 
And it was happening while a Democratic uh, Representative, Connor Lamb, was describing what was going on outside. And I don't know what was said. Nobody seems to know exactly. But these guys, and you saw both sides in the video I saw, you saw both sides of the House, I mean, the Republicans and the Democrats coming at each other. It looked like they were going to have an all-out fight. And um, I think this is, I personally, I don't want violence, but I think this is something worth fighting for. This is something worth fighting for. This is an injustice, and um, uh, so uh, we have to be very careful. We hate breaking the law. We don't encourage that. Um, we don't encourage the people that broke into the Capitol, but uh, there's some point at which something has to break here. And uh, so, Claire, uh, listen, thank you for being patient with me this morning, and uh, thank you for joining me, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Cause, thank you. you know, thank you very much. I, I will say just uh, America crossed the line yesterday. And there is no going back. Uh, Americans chose to stand up yesterday and fight for our republic. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you. We've been talking about preborn since the time we started on this show. They've been our sponsor, our very first sponsor. I've been so honored to have them as a sponsor. And so many of you have been just incredibly generous, and that's why so many women have decided to not terminate the lives of their babies once they see them on ultrasound. So I have a challenge for you because I know some of you are more financially stable or maybe more prosperous than others of you. If you're one of those prosperous persons, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a bigger way? And that would be a tax-deductible donation of $5,000. That will support Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue, on average, 200 babies. To donate, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy, and let them know that you would would love to do that. Uh, Also, of course, if that's more than you can afford, then give what you can. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Uh, I find it really interesting that the media has a, had a very different opinion when riots were taking place in Portland every night for months and in Seattle and when we saw Black Lives Matter destroying and people being injured and Trump supporters being hurt uh, and people being hit. It was just amazing. In fact, uh, I think that Don, uh, Chris Cuomo expressed it well. Let's listen to clip two. America's major cities are filled with people demanding this country become more fair, more just. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful, because I can show you that outraged citizens are the ones who have made America what she is and led to any major milestones. They're here to yell, criticize, blame, and shame. Citizens have no duty to check their outrage. All right, so there you go. Thanks, Chris Cuomo. But I think that's not what he said yesterday. I believe that's some time back. All right, so it's it's gross hypocrisy, but that's going to be our new life. It's been that way for a long time. All right, I want to hear what you have to say. So, um, oh, I guess I better wait just a second. Uh, Is uh, line one ready? Line five, I mean. Okay, okay. Lori in Oklahoma, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. Thank you for your program. Listen to you every day. And you're that welcome. you're on. Thank you. Say that you know, I I am heartsick over what happened yesterday, but I I have a hard time wrapping my head around 
the um, blaming Trump supporters or people who believe in our our election process and that it should be fair and legal or who are fighting to take a stand against the election field. Um, I watched a lot of footage yesterday. I did not see those people getting crazy, and there's much report of outsiders being piped in. And I think what blows my mind the most is when Antifa and BLM were in the area rioting, no one called the National Guard, even though the president wanted them called. Nobody was certainly put on lockdown and held hostage in their hotels. I just can't believe where we are today. It's sickening. It is, Laurie. It's very distressing. It is. Uh, <clears throat> the enemy is clearly in charge right now, but he was anyway. Uh, and so uh, we're just seeing him unleashed. And it, it is mind-boggling. But this is kind of what Christians through the ages have experienced. Those that lived in Rome, uh, those that lived in Nazi Germany had to make hard choices. And most of them didn't. Most of them betrayed their faith. They would not stand because they were afraid. So we're entering a new realm, and I would just say to all of us, choose right now how you're going to be. Are you going to be steadfast? And I'm ta- not talking about believing in Donald Trump. I'm talking about your faith in God, uh, because that is really ultimately what they hate. Because you have a mind of your own. You have a you owe your allegiance to someone. They can never really control you, so you must be bent and controlled. And that is exactly what's happening here. And so you're going to have to decide ahead of time. Don't wait and say, oh, I hope I can, I hope I can. You decide now. With God's help, I'm going to stand strong no matter what that uh, means. And so, uh, Lori, thanks. I know. i got to go on to this one. Let's go to Nolan in Virginia. Hi, Nolan. Hi. I think this whole incident shows the hypocrisy because our democracy wasn't under attack when Antifa and BLM were protesting and burning down and attacking people and being encouraged to do so is only under attack when they attack the Capitol. And it shows that they really only care about themselves because it's only under attack when they are attacked, not when citizens are attacked. It's the truth, Nolan. I mean, the selfishness, uh, Mitch McConnell was the spokesperson, but his words just were stunning to me. I was listening to the television just yelling. I can't, I knew I have not been a fan for a decade or two two decades at least, of Mitch McConnell, but I didn't realize how really corrupt and vain uh, he is. And so, uh, yeah, you're right, Nolan. didn't matter so much when they were burning down cities as long as it didn't touch them. But when it got close to their turf, oh, we got to crack down. And so very insightful. So strap your seatbelt on, Nolan, because here we go. Uh, Cheryl in Kansas. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Sandy. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about, you know, you wanted to know what we think quickly. Um, I've been watching this transpire like everyone has as, as it goes, and it's just like like dominoes. One falls, another falls, another falls, all of them, and then you're just going, wow. But the only thing I can figure is that this is, like the Bible says, the one world government is being ushered in. And, I mean, that's just my personal take. I'd like to know what you think. But uh, also, why Mike Pence? Why Mike Pence? You know, when there's so... Yeah, did, why did, Mike Pence? You go ahead and just comment on if you'll just answer uh, that. But that's okay, okay, Cheryl. Okay, thanks. I heard you. Uh, well, let me just say, uh, I do think... There's no question I've been watching the European Union... 
and the meeting of the minds of uh, the European powers and the, 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 the new powers in the United States and with Barack Obama before that. They are of the same mind. They are godless leftists uh, who really do believe in top-down control. I remember when um, the president of France, oh gosh, I can't think of names this morning. I'm just, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty stressed. So I remember uh, Macron, when uh, the people, the French people were suffering, what, six months ago, a year because they couldn't make enough money, they were hungry, they were out in the streets, and he basically said to them, like Mitch McConnell, let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. He didn't care. Yeah, there's a unified, uh, Angela Merkel, same way, that when she allowed uh, Muslim immigrants, men, uh, marching through these uh, small German towns in masses, uh, she didn't care that her people cared. This is the way it is going. Canada's the same way, yes. So I can see a unifying of... Uh, uh, meeting of the minds uh, by some really dark force uh, that they're that's leading them, and I don't even think they know they're being led by that dark force. But do I think this is spiritual and the beginning of the end? I do. Now, when that's all going to happen, I don't know, but it certainly is. Now that we see it, it is in conjunction with what the scripture uh, predicts. We never know the times or the days, but God gives us signs, and He says, "And so know the signs, and when you see them, you'll recognize them." This is a sign. Uh, something has definitely changed. And uh, we have shifted into uh, a new place in our world. So, um, oh, and Mike Pence, uh, mm, uh, I've known for a long time that Mike, let me just say this, Mike caved. I've known him a long time. He really was such a strong Christian, such a great guy. He was a friend. I, uh, But when he became governor of Indiana, I felt he made a lot of compromises, which I believe when you start doing that, it's just a crack, and then it becomes a major fault. And that's what I think has happened, okay? Let's go to Shirley in Tennessee. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. I want to call everybody to fast and pray. Fast and pray for 40 days and call on Christ Jesus to step in. Here's why. One of his children was murdered in cold blood yesterday, unnecessarily. And I'm asking the Lord to hold accountable everybody responsible for that including our legislators, because they're the main ones, Mitch McConnell, Pence, uh, Pelosi, Obama, the, the Soros, the, these uh, Chinese people, all of them who had something to do with this, the Bushes, every last one of these demons who have formed a coup up at the top to steal our election and now cause us to live in a dictatorship, which you know they're coming after the guns next and everything else, our rights as Christians. So I'm asking everybody to pray Seek the Lord's face and ask the Lord to step in and do something about this and make them play because that woman's blood is on every one of their hands. It's, it's just appalling, isn't it, Shirley? It really is. I just, I was like a knife to my heart when she died last night. I, I, I couldn't. She was. She's like. She is a Trump supporter. She's a, uh, I believe, a 17-year veteran of the military. She'd done four terms uh, in Iraq. She's from San Diego, and um, it's uh, horrendous. They shot her in the neck. Um, uh, so uh, she was trying, she was going to jump through a window that had been broken, I think, by the guy I described earlier who had the long hair and the long trench coat, who I think was on TIFA. That's only a hunch. How do I know? But it looked like that to me because he was prepared to break through that window with another big piece of a big square piece that they, I've seen them use in streets around the country as they break in. So she was trying to, uh, she was going to make her way through the window and uh, she shouldn't have done that, uh, but she also shouldn't have been shot. She was not armed. Uh, they could have stopped her in another way. Shirley, I appreciate your admonition to pray and fast. I think that's good advice. I have to say personally, if you and I could talk longer, I think God has spoken. 
I think he's spoken on this. And he said no to us. He is bringing judgment, I believe. Uh, but I don't. that doesn't mean we shouldn't fast and pray because uh, we need help to know now how to live in this new world. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Okay, well, that was the ending of the show, Sandy Rios in the Morning, which is what I did for 10 years before I started Sandy Rios 24-7, of the January 7th of 2021. I just thought it would be a wonderful thing for you to listen to just to kind of relive and kind of get our perspective on that day after. I've asked Bruce to join me because we kind of lived this, of course, we're married, but we had equal concern about this particular event. And so Bruce is standing by my side, former FBI agent, and of course the FBI played a central role in this. I want to, before Bruce, you say something, I want to correct a few things. Uh, We talk about the guy with the fur hat, with the bare chest, and I speculate that he might be Antifa. He was not. His name was Jacob Chansley. He was a strange dude, but they call him the QAnon shaman. I don't know if he deserved that. He was a little kind of a confused guy, but they accused him of doing things and charged him and gave him all of these years in prison until they the tapes became available and they saw that Jacob Chansley did nothing. He did nothing except walk into the chamber and ask if he could pray for people. It was ridiculous. And he went through a real trauma. They, they, they ruined his life, you might say. I don't know where Jacob is today, but it was a, a nightmare for him as it has been for hundreds. Uh, also, uh, I want to say Ron Johnson, uh, she mentioned that he changed his mind and did not uh, stop the vote. And that was very disappointing. But Ron later, uh, I think, just embraced the problems with J6, held hearings. Uh, You have to understand that those guys in the Capitol that day, all they knew was what they heard. uh, They saw, heard inside the chamber, and they heard all this noise, and uh, they were scared to death. Uh, And they also then saw news reports from these sources that already had baked in the cake what they were going, going to say. It was an insurrection was Trump supporters, it's Trump's fault, all of that. We know now uh, that that's exactly what they did do. So uh, Ron, you know, was they just didn't know what to think. And so based on their impressions, they thought Trump supporters were doing all the things that were, were reported. And in real time, they decided in that moment, standing in their, at their seat or in their chair, uh, that they, uh, they couldn't, they, they had to do something to neutralize. So Ron was one of those. And he held hearings, though, later when he understood that he'd been duped on that. He held lots of hearings. He was the only senator that did that, actually. So I just wanted to make that clear. Um, I would also like to say that um, Ashley Babbitt is the girl that was killed, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Bruce. Okay, so, sweetheart, thanks for joining me. All right, I, just just tell me what's on your mind after listening to that. I can't help but think of the irony of, number one, how prescient, you and Clara Lopez were one day after the attack pointing out so many of the issues that didn't seem to um, make sense as far as who was involved in this. Were, were there people that agitated people and uh, were not actual Trump supporters? Uh, what's happened to the people that's, that have been put in jail? Uh, was it fair? And what the irony is is that three years later, we are still not those questions have still not been answered and you know the government has gone to extreme measures to identify people who were there on january 6th and arrest them they've arrested over 1200 people from that day and they but, say they have 3000 more they're pursuing yes but yet no one has been identified by the government as 
someone who was there either on behalf of the FBI or another federal agency or was a member of a terror group and was there inciting violence. Or, you know, if, if uh, listen, it's not unusual to have federal agents in a crowd to determine, you know, if there is any trouble. However, uh, that question has not been answered. And I think the reason is because anytime uh, if they if they would ever admit, if like Christopher Ray of the FBI would ever admit that the FBI had people on the ground that day, then he would have to answer the question about what were they doing there and what did they do there. And those are the questions I believe that Christopher Ray does not want to answer. Well, we have a lot more video now, Bruce, and so we have we know for a fact that the FBI infiltrated, and they weren't the only ones. There were other agencies. And I want to point out, too, remind you that Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, the hated governor by conservatives, I would say, in Michigan, this is after the COVID shutdowns, uh, they, they, they floated this narrative that she that they, they, there was an attempt to kidnap and kill her. And they charged all of these guys with that, you know, planning and plotting this. And it turns out that the FBI, there were more FBI infiltrators, and they were actually encouraging. They paid for the meetings. Uh, they bought supplies. They were the ones encouraging this so-called attempt against Gretchen Whitmer. And some of those guys have been completely acquitted. I don't know. the And so, and the guy that was orchestrating that ended up in D.C., and we think, speculation, and I believe it's true, orchestrating January 6th, which, which is the same thing, a setup, a setup uh, on uh, people that were Trump supporters. And I think we can see now this was intentional. And the fact that they jumped to the insurrection card and blaming Trump and hating Trump supporters so quickly was a real tip-off, Bruce. You know, when Mitch McConnell the very next day, or that day actually, uh, used the word insurrection, I mean... <sighs> That is not a commonly used word, and that is a really a, a magical word in the in the left's vocabulary right now. Because that, if they could show that Donald Trump was involved in an insurrection, they could preve- conceivably prevent him from ever running for president again. I, I, I call me a conspiracy theorist. I just find no. it amazing <laughs> that Mitch McConnell used that word, and we know through his own words that Mitch McConnell does not like Donald Trump. I remember when Trump was elected, the first thing out of Mitch McConnell's mouth is, we're going to have to teach him how we do things up here. In other words, we're going to show him who's the boss. He's not the boss. And, you know, some people may think, Sandy, that we're jumping to conclusions about uh, people being infiltrated in in the crowd. But we can speak from actual experience because we were there in January of of, uh, 2017 when President Trump was inaugurated, we saw people in that crowd. In fact, I had a little, confronta- a little confrontation with one of them because they were disrupting everyone around us as we were standing in front of the White House. For the inauguration. For the inauguration, mm-hmm. listening to the speeches, and, it, and some people near us were causing trouble. And, you know, those people fit the description of Antifa. And so I... I we speak from experience yeah. that there are people interspersed into these crowds by the left to disrupt them. We have pictures now of them changing clothes. We have, you know, so we know a lot of things that we didn't know for sure on that when we made this uh, broadcast on January the 7th. I think one of the greatest arguments for Antifa and BLM being involved, not BLM, I don't know, 
was the fact that they had been rioting and proudly rioting in the streets and in D.C. and around the country. Uh, they didn't hide anything. And on that day, they were strangely not apparently there. So that makes no sense. That was perfect for them, perfect for them. So we do think they were there <clears throat> disguising themselves. Now we know that the FBI used trucks. We have videos of trucks bringing in uh, people affiliated with the FBI uh, right before in the early morning hours of January 6th. We also know that Ashley Babbitt now was uh, shot by a Capitol Police officer who uh, was, it turns out, he goes on television and does kind of a, a sympathetic interview where he, he's like a victim. Oh, and now uh, we yeah. know more about him. And he was never held accountable for what I would almost call a murder in front of the country, um, regardless of if uh, he was afraid of Ashley Babbitt. There were many um, measures that could have been taken to stop Ashley Babbitt short of shooting her at almost point-blank range. Yeah, there were police around around her, and they had kind of walked away, but they were not that far away. I would have to say, too, I want to set the record straight on Ashley. She was a little tiny woman. Yep. And now we know, because I've seen these videos, that she was actually trying to stop those guys from trying to break that window between the area where they were and the chamber. She was trying to stop them. That's one of the reasons she climbed up, Bruce. She wasn't trying to climb into the chamber. And, you know, that has been proven to be a common thread amongst almost all these incidents where people were charged with crimes for fighting with the police. The video evidence... Look, I am the first one to criticize people who fight with police officers. As far as I'm concerned, when a police officer tells you to do something, uh, you should do it for the most part unless there's extenuating circumstances. And I think in this case, there were several extenuating circumstances. And I think the police, when you look at the, at the video, they did as much to rile up the people as anybody. They attacked them with rubber bullets, with gas, Things Fire that bombs. were unnecessary Terrible. at the time they were done. When they were peaceful, where they were standing below those, uh, below the, the, I don't know what you call that big high area on the Capitol. Oh. They're standing there peacefully. They're singing. Some are singing hymns. They're waving their flags. And the police, uh, a group, now this is Capitol Hill, but it's also D.C. police. It's all kinds of uh, different entities uh, start shooting firebombs at them. And some of them are injured. One guy has his face like... They, it, it hit someone's cheek, and you could see yeah. the hole. It's it. People catch fire. It's terrible, and that's what made them mad. That's what actually started the riot. That's what started it. You know, um, the Capitol Hill police, Capitol police are very, um, they're trained to handle crowds like that because this is not an unusual thing. You often have crowds at the Capitol, at the White House, outside, um, and. They have to realize that if you give people an order to get back, people cannot follow that order immediately. They have thousands of people standing behind them. They can't just back up all of a sudden on their own. And it looked like the police issued an order to back up, and when the the people up front did not immediately respond to that, that's when they started shooting uh, the firebombs and the rubber bullets and things at them. And they know better. They know better. They've seen it themselves, how these crowds behave, and they're trained to deal with that. So I, I have a hard time believing that a lot of that force was necessary force. First, Mike Waller, who's a national security expert, actually he's an international terrorism expert, was there that day. And he, I interviewed him just a few days later. Maybe we'll re-air that at some point. 
But uh, what his observation was that there were so many people amassing, I mean, on the Capitol, they could, people couldn't move back. It wasn't possible. So it was like created this vortex of people trying to back up, people trying to, it was impossible. It's like a concert where people get trampled. And that's where in that, that tunnel, that's where so many people were injured. And that's where members of the police, one of them beat Roseanne Boylan with a, like, uh, probably, I don't know, more than a dozen times you can see a Capitol policewoman beating her. She was a middle-aged girl. With a baton. Kind of, yeah. kind of plump. Mm-hmm. Not a threat to anybody. She's got like little rabbit ears on. Uh, and she died. Uh, she's not the only person that died that day. I could go on and on. I just want to make the point that this was a turning point. It was everything Claire said uh, two years ago, uh, three years ago when we were speculating. And uh, we now we know more about it. If you are a, 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 a doubter on this, uh, Julie Kelly um, has written so much, tracking it in American greatness. Uh, Julie Kelly uh, in American greatness and her Twitter feed, and Epoch Times, uh, and there are all kinds of videos about it. Epoch Times has one. Uh, there's a new one out that you can get at J J six Legal dot org. Yeah, uh, Jacob Lang, who's been our guest frequently, who's still languishing three years now, three years now in jail, not even thirty years old. Jacob Lane has uh, started a uh, a legal fund, and we we worked on Christmas Eve to try to get money, and they're still uh, they're still trying to get money. It's j6legal.org because the guys and girls who've been defended have not gotten defense. They've gotten uh, terrible treatment in the courts. They've gotten attorneys that have actually stabbed them in the back, and so there's been a lot of trouble. Nobody wants to help. You see, nobody wants to help. Members of Congress don't want to help. The legal community doesn't want to help because they've gone after members of the legal community like John Eastman who've tried to defend uh, what happened on that day. The deck has been so stacked against these people that were charged on January 6th. You know, there were thousands and thousands of hours of video that could have proven one way or another whether or not these people were guilty of crimes. And that video was held back by Congress. And now... Depositions that were taken regarding what happened on January 6th have mysteriously disappeared from committees. Now, I'm telling you, uh, given who's in charge, those things have not disappeared or been held back by accident. It was because that those videos, in many cases, will prove that the narrative that the Biden administration has put forth is completely false. Let me say that a different way. Everybody remember that J6 commission was that was on television night after night hearing, you know, the malfeasance of Donald Trump and all of these Trump supporters. They did all these private depositions. Some of that, the stuff that contradicts their narrative, you never saw. And now that the Republicans are in control of the Congress, all that stuff has disappeared. And that's what Bruce was just saying. So there's something rotten in Denmark only. It's D.C., not Denmark. And so I w- I'm hoping that this has been helpful to you. We are in a battle for the life of this country. We need to be in prayer, uh, just constant prayer. And, uh, you, you know, we take what comes from the hand of God, but we, you and I, are to be faithful to the end. If you want to help, go to j6legal.org, j6legal.org. One last thing, I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn, 
Go to preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. And also Christian Healthcare Ministries. They have been a supporter of ours for the last six months. chministries.org slash Sandy for a place where you can actually provide medical care for your family and exercise medical freedom. Good way to do that. You can call us at 662-821-2040. You can email us at sandy at afr.net. You can listen to us on any podcast platform. But I want to thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.